Uh, hello and welcome to Hello Governor of the Podcast. As always, I am Abdullah, and my guest today is, introduce yourself, good sir. Hi, Abdullah. My name is John Patnode. See, I'm smart. I get. I have to get you to say your last name, otherwise, because I know I'm. I was gonna butcher it. So it's like, get get them to say their last name. So you know you don't yeah, butcher yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's fine. Listen, I at this point I'm used to it. I don't get upset. I'm just like, yep, that's about what I expected. If anything, I'm just I'm more surprised when people get it right because so many people have gotten it wrong and i'm just like wow do you just not know french conjugation okay uh, I, so my first question is like have you ever considered it you know changing it to something simpler because i know some people do that uh you know i have considered getting you know a stage name but i think i i, I mean you know un unless there's already a john patnode in sag which i doubt that there is um it's probably not going to happen. I, it's it's stuck with me. Um, I thought about changing it to um, my mom's maiden maiden name for for a while, which is um, also French but significantly easier to pronounce. Um, so it would just be John Lawyer, but that's like a very common name. Like there's like eight John Lawyers in my family alone. <laughs> so, I mean that <laughs> yeah. that would be the perfect name because. Then when someone says, oh, were you in this thing? You're like, no, that's the other guy. <laughs> True. <laughs> or or um, I could just take credit for all their work. Yeah, because I remember in the 70s, there were a lot of Bud Davises. And, uh, yeah. And someone confused because there's this, this old movie called The, Down, the, the Town That Dreaded Sundown. And the guy who played the main uh, serial <clears throat> killer in that was Bud Davis. And what's interesting is if you're a fan of the Transformers, you know, 1980s cartoon, there's another Bud Davis who does the voice of Dirge, one of the Coneheads. Oh. And for the longest time, people thought that that was the same guy. But then it turned out, <laughs> no, it wasn't the same guy at all. So that, that, that's pretty funny. Um, also, um, a coincidence, because my dad is named Bud Davis. Really? I'm no, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> like that, that would have been uh, that would have been amazing. It's like oh, yeah. <laughs> I I did not sell that at all. <laughs> Let's just get right to the first question. Um, yeah, yeah, for what, sure. You know, for for real this time. Uh, mm -hmm. What made you want to get into voiceover? Um, boy, that's uh, let me try to subtract a few years. Um. So I don't, my, my journey with voiceover starts with my journey of wanting to become an actor. I got really involved in theater when I was in high school. And I, I remember for the longest time wanting to like do theater. Um, but at my middle school, they didn't have a theater department. So I was just like, okay, I guess I just won't do it. Um, but then I, my family and I moved to Florida when I started high school and during the school assembly, they were showcasing, you know, all the clubs and activities that you can do. Um, and I saw this presentation for the drama department and I'm like, yes, that's what I want to do. So I spent um, my formative years in high school in Florida doing theater. And I was pretty dead set on, you know, doing the the, the actory thing of Oh, going to New York and auditioning for Juilliard, which if I auditioned for Juilliard, I would it would be a hard pass. <laughs> um, I don't know why I even thought I had a chance. It, like my my dad laughed at me when I suggested that and he was correct to do so. Um, but I, I did. I was going to be a theater major at a different school. Um, but my my parents convinced me that that might not have been the uh, best choice. <laughs> in the for for your financial future um because it's it's a stereotype right the the starving actor um who always has to wait tables or take a day job to you know truck it to auditions that they're not going to book like 9 times out of 10 um so what they suggested was me going to a very expensive art and design college <laughs> Because the other thing that I did in high school besides theater was graphic design. So I went to, um, I, I, I majored in, in motion graphics design um, at Ringling. And uh, 
after my first semester, I was really de depressed, honestly. Um, the, the stress of school and just me missing performing um, was, was, you know, really getting to me. And um, during my winter break of my freshman year is when I rediscovered, um, you know, a lot of these cartoon shows um, that cartoon cartoon ah, can't talk cartoon shows and, and anime that i watched as a kid um and and also a lot of online parody series like like team four star Yu-Gi-Oh bridged and it was specifically that that made me realize oh oh people do this from their house i could do this let's go um because at that point i i was i i knew what voiceover was and i was interested in doing it but i didn't I didn't have that aha moment when I realized, oh, I don't have to be a celebrity first and then do it because I, I think the most colloquial colloquial example of voiceover to the general masses is people, you know, like Robin Williams or Steve Carell that are in these, you know, multi-million dollar, you know, animated movies that only cast celebrities. Um, so I thought that's what you had to do, but it's it's not. There's a lot of voiceover that isn't that. So once I realized that I, you know, I flew down the rabbit hole, I, you know, started, you know, saving up money to buy equipment and um, I haven't really looked back since. Yeah, because it never occurs to you that, oh, when you're watching something, that's a person doing the voice. It's just like mm. it's just noise to you because, you know, you watch a lot of these shows. It just becomes like whatever. It, but, you know, it doesn't really, you know, you, you don't stop and think and say, hey, that's someone doing the voice or in the case of like all those like YouTube shows, like, Oh yeah, I totally forgot that a lot of the people who did those actually went on to have like successful voiceover careers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's um, and it's funny because like now um, a lot of the people that I, um, that I watched when I was little, I'm now mutuals with on Twitter and it just, it feels, it feels odd. I'm just like, huh? That's what you you created that that DB, DBZ show that I liked online when I was like 13 and you follow me on Twitter. That's funny. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's crazy when things kind of start to come full circle in that regard. And what is it about voiceover that that specific like what is it that makes you that made you want to pursue it full time? Like what is the appeal of it to you? Um. You know, it's um, the same reason why I wanted to pursue acting in the first place. Um, when you when you're acting on stage and you're in the moment and you're just letting the character take you for a ride, it's 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 a it's a thrill. And I, I I'd say the the reason why I'm pursuing this is in in part to to chase that feeling again, um, but also. Um, I, I started, you know, since pursuing voiceover more, I started to really have a love for the craft of acting and, you know, how you get into character and things that you can do and really, really discovering the, the art behind it. And, um, also to, to, to provide the same service that the people that I looked up to did for me when I was little, you know, I want to. I want to I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of like the TV shows and, and movies and anime that that moved me that that made me laugh that made me cry and to just be able to be a participant in that is that that's the dream, you know, I mean, everyone wants to to have like that one role or that one to be mm -hmm. a part of like just not not even a role just like just be a part of like a big series because, mm. you know, <laughs> life is short but that that stuff will stay forever so yeah true but i mean i mean truthfully yeah i mean there are you know notable series but i think a lot of my a lot of the a lot of my most treasured stuff is stuff that i don't even think a lot of people have heard of um and that's why honestly when i think about like my my favorite roles or my favorite jobs it's always the one that i'm currently doing cuz it's it's always it's always something that i can you know either learn something new from or improve upon maybe a a character that i wasn't quite as 
proficient in before, but now I have this new opportunity to really fine tune it and express like a new part of myself. It's, it's fun. Like the, there, there there's so many options, especially when it comes to voiceover, because it's, it's just your voice. You know, I don't have to worry about the fact that I don't really, you know, look like the character. I can just, you know, do my best to act and sound like them. And what is your character breakdown process? Um, hmm. It, a lot of it, I, I'm a very instinctual actor. Um, so, um, well, obviously I have to like, you know, read the copy a few times to, you know, understand where I am. You have to ask, you know, your basic actory questions like, who am I talking to? Um, what time of, like, what time of day it is it? Um, like, physically, like, where are we? Like, you know, I'm going to perform the scene dif differently if, like, we're in a cafe versus, like, a noisy bar or something. Um, proximity from your scene partner is really important because that's the tricky thing about voiceover is that you have to imagine everything that an on-camera or stage actor doesn't because it's physically there and they don't have to imagine it. Um, and that's what took me a really long time to get down because I... When I acted on stage, I always had a scene partner or a director tell me what to do. And especially nowadays, um, now that all auditioning is from home, you have to, self-direction is a skill you have to cultivate. Um, so being able to make the scene as real to me as possible and, um, you know, finding sections in the script where I, I say something, but I really mean something else. Um, that, you know, adding those little nuggets, you know, all those little things can help cultivate, you know, an engaging performance. And I'm still learning too, you know, um, it's a lot of experimenting. It's a lot of, you know, falling flat on your ass and uh, making mistakes. But, you know, it's when, when you're in the moment and, you know, everything feels right and you're playing a character that you feel comfortable playing and you make the stakes real and you make the scene real it's it's a great thing it's a great feeling what do you love and hate about what you do um well i love i mean like i said i i i love the feeling of just being in the moment being the character and you know reacting as the character um and uh you know there there is like and impressor in me that wants to <laughs> seek approval from strangers that I'll never meet. Um, but, but also I, I do it for me. You know, I, I like the, the status, the satisfaction of knowing that I did a good job and um, that's, that's part of it. But also I've met some of my best friends through doing voiceover and just to be, you know, doing it with them and to be in the club with them and to just have these meaningful connections. That's, that's enough of a reason to do it forever for me. And out of all the characters you've played, which one would you say was the toughest? Oh God. Um, Hmm. Uh, this is tricky. Um, you know, uh, I think, all right, well, Hmm. I'll come up with an answer, I swear. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, um, because this was like my very first really meaty role in terms of the amount of work I had to do, um, I played a character in a visual novel called Unit 532. Uh, he, was, he was an android in this VN called Synthetic Lover. And I, for one, I was replacing... Uh, I, I was a recast. I was replacing another actor who had already recorded maybe like a thousand lines of dialogue. Um, so already I was dealing with imposter syndrome because this person was really, really good. And I'm like, oh ma man, I'm not even like half as good. Dang it. Um, so I had to deal with that. But also it was a great learning experience because I it, it felt like my first, you know, really, really big job. And, you know, learning how to, you know, not worry so much about how a line sounds and versus, you know, how are, are you in the moment? You know, are you reacting realistically um, and, and not to, you know, do 10 takes of a line to try and get it, get it perfect. You know, I, I think that was that was almost like a little mini boot camp for me. And um, 
I think that was, it might not have been the hardest, but I think I, I learned the most from that job. Yeah, because sometimes, and this this happens a lot, where sometimes uh, an actor comes in and it doesn't work out, it, sometimes you're going to be the replacement. And mm-hmm. you're, you look at the, the person that you're replacing, and you're like, oh, God, what am I, you know, <laughs> what am I doing? Because I remember um, Ashlyn Madden, when I had her on like a year ago, mm-hmm. she had replaced, um, uh, what's her name, Mae Whitman as Batgirl on DC Superhero Girls, and... And that's yeah. like a huge role and it, by, by, by a huge yeah. actress. And it's like, oh, God, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's, it's crazy, but it happens. But when 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 some, when it does happen, you kind of need to still give it your all. You kind of need to be like, OK, I know that the person I'm, you know, that I'm taking this role from is 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 huge and is very well. Yeah, loved, you, you but... can't you really you really can't focus on it. You can't let it dissuade you. You just have to. um just perform the character to the best of your ability you have to service the character and not worry about doing you know a perfect impression of the previous actor you know um because otherwise it's going to sound like you're doing an impression and not a character yeah yeah it's like don't do don't do you doing an impression of the person do you as the character you know play the character don't don't half-ass it as well that's another thing I just thought about it. It's like don't don't half-ass any of these roles, please, because if you if you do, people will notice. I know that it's only voice, but hey, man, you know sometimes people notice. They know a- acting's acting, and it deserves you know your your full attention and care, no matter what medium it is. And what was what was some of the best and worst advice you've ever you've ever gotten as an actor? Uh best advice. Um. Hmm. I, you know, this is, uh, I, I, I think, uh, this is advice that I still have to take. Um, it's slow down. I, it, in real life, I'm, I'm a pretty fast talker. Um, which I think that comes from a background of, um, being afraid of getting interrupted. So I feel like I need to like speak really quickly to get my thoughts across. Um, but, it's it it doesn't really lend itself well to reads all the time. You know, if if the stakes are high and you want to communicate a point quickly, like your character does, then that's that's great. Um, but sometimes, you know, the audience needs to understand what you're saying, and sometimes you're saying it too fast. So really take time to you know to say the lines. You know, don't you know say them like you know you're a sloth necessarily, but just slow down a little bit. You know, if 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 you think that you're going too fast. You you might be so just do another take, slow down, and uh, yeah. And as far as the worst advice, um, God, uh, I feel like I've been pretty lucky, um, and have fallen into pretty good circles of advice, but, um, hmm, I, I, I definitely say, um. There are, I've learned to, I've, I've, I've cultivated a much better bullshit detector when it comes to receiving advice from, from other people, um, in terms of like, oh, okay, is this person a working professional who has credits under their name, who has been working for several years and knows their shit, or is this someone who has an opinion and just doesn't like the way that you sound and thinks that you need to do this, 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 and this um, to sound good when, when really you don't. So I, I know that's not, that's not really an answer. Um, but um, I, I, I think just, you know, um, be mindful of people's background when you do take their advice. Um, and if it's someone that, you know, isn't necessarily, if you can tell, um, that they aren't necessarily like on top of their shit or know their shit as well as someone else you might know, then, you know, just take their advice with a grain of salt. Um, not everyone, not everyone's advice is going to work for you. Um, just pick and choose the stuff that works for you and, you know, discard the stuff that, that doesn't. That's why I don't recommend classes not taught by people who I'm familiar with. 
because mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, if, if I'm not familiar with the person and their line of work, I'm like, I don't trust you. I'm sorry. Like, because, mm-hmm. because it's like, there's just so many resources from like professionals <clears throat> and that's why I refer people to, it's like, Hey, you know, if yeah. you want the best advice, go to the, to the people who've been doing this for, for like 20, 50, 40 years, even like yeah. go to them. Don't go to someone posting on Twitter <laughs> randomly. <laughs> like, I don't know. But, but I mean, people fall into that trap sometimes where they don't, they, you know, they see all, all these voice actors posting all this advice and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. I mean, hell, sometimes I've seen pe- veterans in the industry post like really terrible advice. And I'm like, well, that, you know, it happens. Yeah, be, it, it, you know, I think um, I'm not going to, you know. I'm I'm nobody, right? You know, I'm I'm nobody compared to a lot of people that have been working in this industry way longer than me. But, you know, there are trends in VO, you know, you have to be mindful of, you know, what reads are in and how animation voiceover in particular is being performed. And I think there are some older people that um are still kind of tied to the way that animated voiceover was performed maybe five, 10 years ago or, or 20 years ago and um, aren't really aware of like the trends now. Um, and that this could be me <laughs> being a little bit too big for my britches, but I think it, it, there's like a, a give and take, you know, um, obviously, obviously, you know, um, if they're an industry vet who's been working and continues to work, take their advice because they know their shit. But, you know, keep in mind also, you know, don't like treat their advice as sat like as like gospel all the time. Be open to trying new things. It might work. It might not. Who knows? Um, just yeah, yeah. Because uh, a lot a lot of times when I talk to people, like mo- most of their famous roles are just gone by accident. Like they just did something completely different in the. And the casting director was like, oh, we like that better than what we had in mind. Like, experiment. Don't don't just sit there and be like, well, don't, don't just look at like, don't just look at a character's at, a, at like a, a, a description and be like, oh, I'm going to go with the with the most generic voice I can find. No, play around, you know, see what works. And if it does, it does. And if it doesn't, then oh, well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's. Hmm. Uh, it's 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 a wild world, man. Um, <laughs> I, I I think eventually, though, like like I said, like you'll you'll kind of just be around long enough where you'll be able to weave past the the webs of bullshit and um, be able to identify. Oh, okay, this works for me, and this doesn't, so I'm just gonna discard it. And does it feel weird, like listening to yourself and stuff? Uh, not anymore, really. I I'm I'm used to how I sound. Um, I I I know. Uh, I I was really critical of my voice for a very long time because, um, I felt like I have I had to sound a certain way. Um, and particularly, um, starting out, um, I would either like casting directors and friends would tell me that I either sounded too old for characters or too young for characters apparently they weren't casting anyone any character that was just a 20 year old so i um it, it 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 was frustrating so i think i there was a period of time where i focused way more on vocal manipulation than necessarily giving truthful performances um and there is obviously a, like a time and place for you know adding the spice of changing your voice and everything for a character. But if the character isn't there, then you're just doing a funny voice, you know? Um, so I've definitely gotten used to how I sound. Um, and there are some days where I actually like how I sound. Um, but for the most part, I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's a voice. It lets me talk. It lets me act. Someone likes it. <laughs> No, it's funny you mentioned that because now that I'm thinking about it, you don't get a lot of people playing their own age in voiceover. It's uh, it's usually like people in their like 40s and 50s playing 20, 20 to 30 year olds and people in their 20s playing like 30 to 40 year olds. Mm-hmm. So, so interesting. 
Now that I think about it, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. No one, no one plays their own age in voiceover. That's that's another thing that that yeah. I just noticed. I think it's happening a lot more often, um, especially, um, uh, especially with like this new wave of particularly anime voice actors that are playing a lot of you know high school or college students. Um, a lot of us are in our, are in our twenties, um, so we just sound like kids in our twenties. Um, but also, you know, a lot of us have, have learned to, you know, age up or down our voices so we can play a little bit older or younger, um, but still sound like natural. And uh, that's that's always interesting to um, <laughs> to like play someone who's, you know, like middle aged when you don't have that experience yet um, and to make it sound convincing. It's an interesting challenge. And I don't know if I've cracked the code, but. I've I've gotten lucky a few times. <laughs> I'm very good at playing middle-aged sad men. <laughs> it's a very specific archetype that I nail. Middle-aged sad men. That is. Yeah, like that, they're just I, they're, they're just broken and like everything has just been taken away from them and they don't know what to do. That that's pretty much like the majority of like. Uh anime protagonists from like the 2000s basically oh true it's it's all the anime protagonists if they grew up and were still sad um (laughs) (laughs) yeah what was his name vincent from final fantasy that guy Mm -hmm. (laughs) the the claw hand yeah that that guy Mm -hmm. (laughs) anyway um Mm -hmm. but i mean it's it's interesting you mentioned that because like character breakdowns are a thing and was there ever a point where you're where you were given something and you went in a completely different direction than what was written um hmm i can't really think of a specific example um hmm like are are you asking if i went in like a completely different direction and still got the part or just yeah yeah that that's what i'm asking. oh um Hmm. You know, I I don't know I don't I don't know about that, but like there there have been times where I have sent off auditions that I thought I was completely wrong for and still got. Um like um recently I was cast in a in a game called uh, Owl's Guard and um there's a character that I play called uh, Miezo and he's like kind of like a younger, you know, timid guy. And, um, you know, it, it, it's not an archetype that I'm unable to do. It's just I thought the other two character auditions that I sent were way better. <laughs> and I thought he was my worst audition, but I, I booked him for some reason. Um, and it still confuses me. But, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, it, it's always the ones that, you know, not necessarily that you don't put effort into, but it's the ones that you don't necessarily care about the outcome for are the ones that you book all the time. It's, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, um, honestly, like I, I, I'm still, I'm still surprised with, um, who I get cast as. And, and do you, do you play any of the stuff you're in? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, like I've played a little bit of, like, I'm mostly in visual novels. Um, and I, I, I played a few of those. Um, I really want to my favorite game genre are Metroidvanias and I really want to book a Metroidvania. It's not a it's not a game genre that lends itself necessarily well to voiceover, but there are there are Metroidvanias that have voiceover. I know um I think Bloodstain Ritual of the Night has voiceover in it. Um that that's really good. Um but yeah, no. Um being able to just go spelunking and item hunting and exploring in a Metroidvania um, that I voice in would be that's 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 up there for me. <laughs> but then, but that would require a lot of efforts. Do you feel like you are you know in in a position to do something like that where it takes like a lot of efforts? Oh, dude, I can do efforts all day. Literally, the thing that I am under NDA for was mostly efforts. <laughs> Efforts are interesting um, because you have to figure out a way to make, you know, um, so many of these, you know, minute 
movements uh, distinctive and varied. You know, you can't just do all the time. You have to, you know, vary it up. You have to be like, you know, you know, um, you have to, you know, give them like A, B, C, D, E, F, G takes. And um, it also helps to, you know, get physical with it. You know, if you're climbing a ledge, you know, mime climbing a ledge. If you're getting, you know, punched in the gut, don't actually punch yourself in the gut. I'm not advocating for that. But like, try to move like an invisible person is punching you in the gut. And that changes the sound. So much of voiceover is physical. Um, and that's something that I constantly have to remind myself because the way that you stand, if you stand in a more confident pose or a more, um, you know, like sophisticated pose or mischievous pose, that's gonna change the way that you sound. And, um, I forgot what was the question again? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) you know efforts like how do you feel about them like do you feel like you are in a position right now to do long-term efforts yes i love dude sometimes listen sometimes the news of the world can make you very upset and angry and there is nothing more cathartic than just screaming your head off in a padded booth and getting paid for it it's it's a great feeling (laughs) Was there ever a point where you were recording efforts and someone like heard you and were like, was like, what was going on there? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I spent uh, the first like two, three years of voiceover recording at my parents' house. Um, I, I had a walk in. I ha- Well, my room is still there, but I have a walk in closet in my room and um, it's not soundproof. Okay, you can it muffles some of the stuff, but you can still hear it. Um, So sometimes my parents would be um, downstairs watching TV and I'd be upstairs auditioning or recording stuff. And (laughs) sometimes I'd have to I'd have to yell and scream. And a lot of times I'd have to swear. (laughs) And that would be kind of awkward because then I'd come down and they'd be like, um, I'm John. Is, Is everything okay?" And I'm like, yeah, I'm great. Why? They're like. Um, you you sounded really upset upstairs earlier. I'm like, oh yeah, no, that was, I I was pretending that my 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 girlfriend broke up with me and I was yelling at her. Sorry. Um. <laughs> um. But yeah, no. I I think besides my parents, no one to my knowledge has like heard me and can actually no. I take that back. Um, in college. Um. I was trying to um, do recordings in my dorm, which I don't know how I managed to do any because I lived in a dorm with paper thin walls. Um, But I was recording voiceover late at night and I didn't even think I was being that loud. But my my neighbor um, like came like, (laughs) well, no, no, no. Sorry. The RA came to my door, knocked on my door and essentially told me to shut up. And I'm like, okay, sorry. Um. But uh, yeah, no, that's um, it, it's tricky. You kind of have to lose that fear of being heard when you're recording character voiceover. Um, and that's something that I was super self-conscious of for a long time, um, especially um, when I was when I first started, because I had to record voiceover in secret while I was still in college. I. <laughs> I had this cardboard box that I stuffed acoustic foam in and placed my mic inside. And then I would bring that and my laptop to these um, soundproof, quote unquote, study rooms in my school's library. And I would go in there and then I'd drape a moving blanket over myself to kill any other reverb. And that's how I would audition. (laughs) And um, the last time I did it, I also got yelled at. Um, But I don't think I got yelled at for, like, recording in there. I got yelled at for locking the the door, Um, which I don't know why they have locks if you're not supposed to lock them. But anyway, um, that kind of scared me from uh, recording voiceover in the library ever again, Um, which now that I say that out loud makes it sound like I was a huge asshole for doing it. Listen, it was like it was an art school library. Okay, it was cool. It was chill to be kind of loud. All right. 
also they were, you know, noise resistant study rooms. I was probably out of line for recording in them, though. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, if it was the quietest place to record, then I don't see what the problem was. It, it really was. I live right by a super busy street um, in, in, in college, and it would it would keep me up at night to, to a certain degree. So I, I don't know how I got any anything recorded in, in there. But um, yeah, yeah, no, recording was very tricky. Um, the first few years of doing this. Did you ever get um, a response from someone like you, you sent off an audition and they're like, yeah, we can't use this because it's just like there's just too much background noise to, to use it? Uh, no, um, I don't think, you know, logistically, I don't think a casting director would take their time to email someone with bad audio quality. They would just discard the audition and maybe, you know, keep that person in mind if they auditioned again. Um, as having bad quality. Um, but no, I, I, I don't think I've ever been like contacted by a casting director because of an audition uh, of them being just like, hey, listen, we'd love to cast you, but your audio is shit. So sorry. Um, that that has not happened yet, but I will let you know if it does. And speaking of recording, uh, how have like the last few years been for you in terms of like recording from home? Well, um, it's interesting because um, I know I know COVID changed um, a lot, like changed the landscape of VO quite a bit. Um, now auditioning is almost exclusively from home. Um and a lot of voice actors that relied on going in studio had to figure out how to do it from home. And that gave a new generation of voice actors a leg up because we've been doing it from home for years, like pre-pandemic. Um, and I know for me, uh, the ironic thing is that 2020 was one of like my first very successful years in VO. I booked a lot of things during the summer because I was just stuck at home. I could audition whenever I wanted to. Um, and I was just focusing on that. I was taking more classes. Um, so it it's kind of, while the, the pandemic has been very shitty for <laughs> the entire world, um, it was really great for, for, for me um, in terms of, you know, the people that I met um, and the stuff that I was able to do. Um, and now that um so I, I i live in la now um and covid is you know still a thing and still something that you have to be safe about but um there are you know in person like people want to return in studio because in studio is just it, it's just easier to get things done you know it's easier on the director on the engineer um and um while, while it is possible to do it from home there is, you know, the um, the issue of how long it takes sometimes. Um, but there are studios that, you know, take the proper precautions to, you know, make sure that their actors, you know, get a rapid test before they go in. They wipe everything down. Um, but yeah, no, I've been fortunate enough to do a few in-studio sessions in, L in L.A. And it it kind of feels weird, too, because I like this is my first in-studio experience is in the middle of a worldwide pandemic where um, it's just, it's never going to be quite the same as when people did it, um, you know, pre 2020. Um, but it's definitely changed the game a lot. Um, and thankfully it's given so many people um, who weren't able to, to be in things like anime um, an opportunity to do so because of source connect, because of, you know, um, remote recording. And I hope that stays. I really hope that stays because um, we've gotten like a huge, like a, such a diverse pool of actors because of that. Um, so I hope it stays, but I also hope that I can continue recording in studio because I don't think you can ever quite replace that. Well, I mean, it, like you said, when you're recording in studio, it's a it's a it's a totally different experience from you know you recording from home because you yeah. you, you see the engineer, you see the director, you can yeah. get a better. Also, yeah, you don't have to worry about you know fucking up your own audio. You know, like you just have to act 
Um, you don't have to worry about like, oh, shoot, I got to turn my game down. I clipped my mic. Um, you just go in there and do your, do your thing. You know, you don't have to do two jobs. You just have to do one. And that, you know, that takes a huge weight off your shoulders. Oh man, I remember the early days of the pandemic when I when I when I recorded some episodes and they were just like clipping and I'm like, oh god, <laughs> what was I what was I thinking? <laughs> hey man, we all have to we all we all learn from our mistakes. It's okay. And I was and I was doing I was clipping like before the pandemic because it's it's a learning experience, like trying to find the best equipment and and being like, okay. Mm. How do you set this up again? Because I, I'm, I'm clearly, I'm clearly a moron who doesn't understand like basic, basic mic etiquette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure, for sure. But I mean, it's it's a it's a steep learning curve, and I feel, you know, props to the engineers for making it work because they're they're the unsung heroes of this whole thing, really. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, like the the crew behind every. Um, good animated anime video game performance and just voice cast in general um, is they deserve like every single trophy you know it's the the director the engineer the script adapters you know every every job is so integral to to make every cog in the machine is so important to make the entire thing run and I you know Props to to everyone who you know does the the not so glamorous work or the work that goes unnoticed. We notice you, okay? Um, yeah. Especially considering the fact that if you're an animator, you have to listen <clears throat> to the same two or three seconds of audio over and over again to make it like match the 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 flaps. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, they must get so sick of <laughs> of the voice actors at that point. Um, I can't relate to that specifically in, in regards to like listening to um, like another voice actor while animating, but I did a lot of animating in college and I would have to sync up abstract animation to music. And then I would hate whatever song I was animating to by the end of the project. It's, it's, it's a real thing. So uh, pick if, if you're making an abstract animated music video, Maybe pick a song that you're not crazy about, so that way, when it's ruined for you, it's not your favorite song. You know, <laughs> just just pick the shittiest song ever and be like, yeah, okay, whatever. I can, yeah. yeah, whatever. I'm indifferent to this because if I end up ruining a song I like, then I'm never gonna listen to it again. So, <laughs> yeah. Mm. But, but I mean, it's 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 interesting looking looking at the talent pool like you like you said and 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 seeing like all these up and coming uh voice actors pop up and mm-hmm. and we're st- we're starting to see new talent every day and and do you feel like th- does that feel you know overwhelming sometimes like being you know competition being more steep than it was a couple of years ago um you know, uh, I I mean, that's, that's you know, it's two sides of the same coin. You know, it, it's great that remote recording has opened up the talent pool. But at the same time, because the talent pool is so vast and so wide, it's way more competitive. And there's going to be, you know, 15, 20 people that have your voice print, essentially. So the only thing that you can really focus on is, you know, improving your acting Um, making sure that, you know, you can connect with the characters and also putting faith in in that this is a numbers game. You're not going to, you're obviously not going to book everything you audition for. Um, And if you, if you book one out of a hundred, that's good. That's, that's a good ratio. Um, But I, I I get excited um, about hearing new people um, because you know, I, I I think you don't want to hear like the same people over and over. And I, I think it's great that we're getting people with with diverse backgrounds, um, you know, a lot more um, um, LGBTQ plus actors that can, you know, um, truthfully bring a lot of these characters to life and give performances that, you know, we that they might not have had growing up, you know, because representation is such a big thing in voiceover and if you're not seen you feel invisible if you're not represented on on tv or in movies i think people um 
people look past how important that is. Um, so I listen, while it may make <laughs> the competition more fierce, I, I welcome it. You know, I think it's I think I still think that there's room for everybody. And, and do you ever feel like there will ever come a point where you have to push yourself to your absolute limit? Oh, I feel like I have to do that every day. <laughs> I, you know, I, I feel like I, I, I'm very hard on myself. I'm a perfectionist. Um, and I try to, I try to, you know, remember to take it easy and, you know, not put so much weight on things because when I do that, that's often when the results are less than perfect, um, or less than what they could have been for, for, for my skill set. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, eventually, you know, if, if you've been doing this long enough, then, you know, you start to have an ease to, to your work, you know, you, you start to have nothing to prove, you know, you just have to be you, you know, and it's that I am enough energy that I hope to have one day that I definitely don't have now. Um, but yeah, no, it would be, it would be great to feel confident all of the time <laughs> um yeah no it's uh it it's it's an uphill it's an uphill battle and sometimes the hill is uh more steep on some days than others but you know the um the destination on the other side is um very welcoming and very very worth it for me so i'm gonna keep doing it and uh, what do you do when you're not doing voiceover? Like, what are your hobbies? Uh, what are my hobbies? I mean, I like, you know, I like playing video games. That's fun. I like, I love movies. I love TV, um, which I know that's still related to what I do. Because whenever I watch TV or movies, I'm just like, oh, that's an interesting choice made by, made by that actor. Ooh, I'm going to steal that and use that for this audition. Um, but uh, something that isn't, you know, intrins intrinsically voiceover related is um, music. I love um, making music. I love performing music. <laughs> I love listening to music. Um, that's something I've been really busy as of late, so I haven't had as much time to do it. But um, I feel like if I wasn't doing acting or performing um, voiceover, I would try to be a musician. Um, I just, you know, it's one of those things that I would always fantasize about whether it would be just you know being a rock star or not a rock star but like you know I'm 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 very into like the indie aesthetic um I feel like like my ideal scenario is like I'm in you know the the bob Oms, like the the band from Scott Pilgrim versus the world and like that's that's my ideal aesthetic you know I wish I could do that I wish I could just be depressed all day and play in a band like that. That's what I want to do. Um, but, you know, I, I love music and uh, I love baking, too. That's fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm realizing that I'm, I'm a very dull person. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah. And, and outside of voiceover, I mean, I have a day job as a graphic designer. So I, 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 love, I love graphic art. Um, I love minimalism minimalistic posters um i love swiss design that's fun um yeah again very boring <laughs> <laughs> no I, I i was like hey man if it keeps you sane as the world slowly goes to shit i'll more power to you man <laughs> you know yeah i mean I'm, I'm thankful that i can still there's still nine times out of ten i i love this job i love voiceover i love getting to do it um, and it's, it's something that I feel like I'm, you know, I'm living to work versus working to live, you know? It, it's better to have a job that you are <clears throat> proud of and have fun doing uh, as, as opposed to, you know, uh, something you hate doing. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's another thing people need to understand is like, you know, if, if voiceover doesn't work out for you, don't, don't force it. Like if you feel like you're not having fun with it or this yeah, is not no. something if, you can you can do, don't 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 pursue it. Yeah, no, listen, it's okay for your life plan to change, you know? Um don't put so much weight into it. Um 
if if doing voiceover is genuinely not fun for you anymore and the thought of doing it you know makes you stressed out and you feel like you constantly every day have to force yourself to do it then i'm not saying quit necessarily but you know reevaluate why you do it are you doing it because you find it fun or are you doing it because you feel like you need to do this to prove something and i think if you can always come back to i do this because it's fun and i get fulfillment out of it then keep pursuing it you know life's short yeah a- anyway uh before we before we wrap this before we wrap this up um can you give us an update on what you're currently working on and where can people find you online? Uh, yeah. Um, basically, every project that I'm working on is under NDA. You will find out about it in six months to a year. Um, <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at John Patnode, um, the same way that it's spelt on the episode, I presume. Um, and then I have an Instagram that I update sometimes. That's uh, at jpat underscore person. And then uh, I have a website that's uh, jpatactor.com. And uh, yeah, I'm mostly active on Twitter. Uh, If you want to say hi or see the dumb stuff that I post. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. No, man, it's a pleasure. Uh, This was a lot of fun. And if you ever want to come back, you know where to find me. (laughs) For sure. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.